0: Okay, I like that better. All right.
1: Good morning. Good morning. It's a very chatty morning. It's like a yoga party today. Um, welcome. My name is Ashley Sharp, and I'll be uh, teaching class this morning. Class will go something like this: we'll do about an hour of yoga, and then we'll do about a half hour of meditation, and then I have a talk with uh, a talk for us and a little bit of a discussion. Um, I'm wondering if you could raise your hand if you're new, because I met a bunch of new people. Welcome, special welcome to you, but welcome to everybody. If you could turn to your neighbor and say hello, introduce or reintroduce yourself. See, nobody came close to you.
2: (laughs) So nice to meet you. So nice
1: to meet you.
0: Welcome. (laughs) Thank you.
1: which one it's kind of like you go from here okay am i on i'm on all right our topic for today now i realize some of you who have been coming we were doing the four foundations of mindfulness Put that on hold. Put a little pin on that. And if you haven't been coming you don't know what that is, it doesn't matter. We just put a little pin on it and come back next time and I'll tell you what it is. This week, um, our topic is uh, vitality. Vivacious vitality. So, right? So the yoga practice, um, in part, the yoga practice has many benefits. But one of the things as we practice yoga today is to practice in a way that's cultivating Vitality. So if you're a little tired today, working at 120% of your effort would not be cultivating your, your vitality, right? It would be draining. Does that make sense? So really moderate your effort today. We Do the yoga practice as a way to refresh ourselves and come into balance. And once we've refreshed ourselves and come into balance, often vitality will just bubble up in a vivacious manner. Well, we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Money back guarantee. Um, Okay, so let's start. Since you're all sitting, I'm going to join you in a seated position. And um, just however you're comfortable. You could even have your legs sticking out in front of you. It's not actually more spiritual to have cross-legged. I tried, and it's just not... So you can sit with your legs sticking out, or you can sit with your legs crossed, or you can sit on your heels, just some way that you're comfortable-ish, or comfortable enough. Uh And then float your spine up, and kind of wiggle your shoulders a little bit, float the spine up, and exhale, melt your shoulders, and close your eyes. And just for a moment, put aside your concerns, your thoughts, just for like half a heartbeat. And notice that you're sitting here, that you actually made it into this beautiful room with this group of people that we have gathered to, to do something wholesome together, wholesome and healthy which is a beautiful opportunity. Relax your face, your jaw, your eyes. And then melt your shoulders and your hands. And then, just for a brief moment, check in what is your vitality level today? What is your energy level? Without judging yourself for whatever energy level you have. So sometimes our energy, our vitality is low. Sometimes it's balanced. And sometimes it's actually too high, a little aggravated. What is your vitality feeling like today? And just know that the yoga practice and the meditation practice often is, um, can be quite supportive of our vitality however you are arriving take a big breath breathe in, know you're breathing in and breathe out, know you're breathing out
0: so may this
1: practice this morning be to your highest good may it really support you today in whatever you need so that when you leave, you have more capacity to meet the challenges of your life, and more capacity to offer wisdom and compassion to the world. Let's bring the hands to the upper arm bone, so right up on the sides of the shoulders. And then just give a bit of a squeeze, a little squeeze, a little pressure. So, remembering that we start our yoga practice from a place of respect and care for the body, start our yoga and meditation practice out of respect and care for the body. This is really this miracle of a body, and you wouldn't be here without it in this room, in this life. All right, bring the hands to touch and then tuck your chin and bring your thumbs to your forehead. So the base of the thumb to the forehead, your chin is tucked. This is a kind of bowing shape. Take a big breath in and out. So here we bow to the great capacity of the body, the mystery and capacity of the body and also simultaneously and somehow paradoxically Bowing to the vulnerabilities of the body. It's uh, tenderness. It's injuries or illness. So we bow to both. And then take your arms up. Hallelujah. We're going to do yoga. And it's Thursday. (laughs) All right. Put your hands down. Roll your shoulders three times. And we're in a beautiful room. I haven't been here. I missed last week. And it's lovely to be back. Ooh, is it crunchy or is it just me? A little crunchy in there? Oh, boy. Okay, interlace the fingers. And then inhale. Take the arms, not all the way up. You'll keep your elbows bent, but the palms are facing up. Palms are facing up. Good. Inhale. Stay here. Exhale. Tone or engage your belly muscles. And then when you inhale, let your ribcage fill up. And as you exhale, tone or engage your belly muscles. You'll do two more breaths. And the next time you're inhaling, let your arms straighten just a little bit. You'll see. Keep the jaw nice and soft. And let the arms come down. Put your right fingertips on the floor beside you and take your left arm up. And you can look down for a moment. You know how when a balloon fills up, it expands? And when it empties, it shrinks? Imagine that your lungs were like balloons. Bless you. (laughs) That was a good one. So when you inhale, imagine that your lung balloon expands. And you might even sense that happening when you exhale. It softens, empties. Good. Let's come on up. Before you go to the other side, pause. This is a poetic instruction. Imagine that you could breathe in and out of the left side of the body, left arm, left ribs, left face. Total poetic instruction. Uh And then you'll take your left hand, fingertips on the floor, and your right arm will come up, and you'll look down towards the floor. And then here, especially those, you know, thump your ribs if you like, those right ribs expanding like a balloon, inhaling, filling up, and exhaling, softening and releasing. Okay, now come on up, let the hands rest down. And then you'll pause. And then again, this poetic instruction. So make with it, make what you'd like with it, but as if you could breathe through that right side, right lung, right shoulder, right side of the face. Okie dokie, artichokies. I think we're all set. Let's have you come onto your hands and knees and do put something under your knees, whether it's this nice flat cushion or blanket folded up. It's worth the trouble to get something under your knees just for the long-term health of your knee. Mm -hmm. So once you're on your hands and knees... Uh, fingers spread a little bit, and then without moving anything, so you're just going to stand on your hands and knees. It's really actually quite simple. We'll we'll get our legs behind our heads later, but for now, (laughs) gaze at the floor. Get your neck in line with the rest of your spine, and push your fingers into the floor. Push your fingertips into the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's worth it. And then without moving your knees, squeeze your knees together. So this is active, even though you're not really doing much. Good. Inhale, drop the belly, lift the chin and the chest. And exhale, round the spine, tuck the tail and drop the head. And you'll go back and forth with your breath a few times if you find... That you have a tender or tight spot that you would like to linger, you could. Because remember, this yoga practice is for uh, cu- the cultivation of vitality and energy. So, practicing in a way that's refreshing. Mm-hmm. A couple more of these breathing, connecting the breath and the movements. Make sure your neck gets involved so that the, the movement starts at the tip of the tailbone and moves through the whole of the spine. Good. You'll uh, shift. So toes will come together, knees wide, and you'll shift back into child's pose. For today's child's pose, let's walk the hands way forward. Walk those hands way forward. Let that make sure the hands are shoulder width apart. Palms of the hands on the floor. Uh-huh. Broadening your shoulders. Take two deep breaths here. Breathing in, know that you're breathing in, and breathing out, know that you're breathing out. Good. All right, loveys have you come up to hands and knees and then step your hands one handprint further forward so they were under your shoulders now they come forward a little bit and you'll shift forward bending your elbows and then you'll shift backwards stretching your arms out and you'll go back and forth a few times just back and forth the more you bend your elbows the more challenge this will be so you can moderate your challenge. So here we do a little bit of weight-bearing on the upper body and the arm bones on the upper body. It's good for our bone health to do a little weight-bearing. And opening the arms up and breathing back and forth, just like so. Okay, and then come to center. Place your elbows on the floor. Interlace your fingers. Uh oh, here we go. Did you miss me last week? <laughs> Did you do plank pose without me? You'll step back into plank pose. Uh huh. If you get here and you think to yourself, holy cannoli. You can drop your knees down on the floor. So you can do this with your knees off or your knees down. If you can't breathe, you need to put your knees down. It's not a jaw exercise. So that's for later after class. Uh, Gaze this forward just a little bit. Yeah, so the ears are in line with the rest of the spine. Push those elbows down. I'll be back in 10 minutes. (laughs) Good Lord, that would be the yoga, right? Refreshing or not. Okay, put those knees down. Climb back up onto your hands. Curl your toes under. Socks may be tricky, so you choose. Sometimes socks are a little slippy. But uh, curl the toes under and head on up into downward facing dog. Now, we're not going to stay in downward dog. So right away, inhale those knees back down to the blanket or the cushion and exhale into child's pose. Uh-huh. And then right away, inhale back up to hands and knees. Exhale back into downward facing dog. Now let's try that again. Inhale knees to the floor, gaze forward. Exhale child's pose, or in that direction. You might not get there. And then right away, inhale hands and knees. Exhale downward dog. Okay. Have your feet hip width apart, uh huh, and see about bending your knees so you can stretch out your torso. Bend your knees, yeah. Bend both knees both together. Keep them bent. Turn your tushy high, uh huh. Good, and then shift forward to plank pose. Ah. All right, so I've been working with a new kind of plank. Usually we're in a a sort of long diagonal line. See if you can lift your butt up two or three inches. So you're plankish, but the torso is more parallel. Well, I would say the ceiling normally, but the ceiling here is not flat. So, oh, yeah, Uh gaze forward. All right, are you ready for your option? Lift your right foot up two inch. Lift your left arm towards the front of the room. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Try the other side if you're trying it. Left leg. Uh-huh. Right hand. I-, I said that to be impossible, by the way, but some of you are doing it anyway. Put your knees down and come into child's pose. Good job. Let your head drop down. Uh-huh. Big breath. Uh Okay Now um, I think you'll have to Get up enough to move the cushion Out from under you And then lie all the way down on your belly And once you get down on your belly You'll have the hands Palms down under your chest Right by your shoulders Under your shoulders look around and see how it's going oh looks good Uh, so tuck your chin foreheads down hands or palms down under your shoulders elbows are in a little bit like little chicken wings i have the fingertips in line with the top of your shoulders yeah so your elbows are back and up scoot your hands back even more your elbows will be up yeah good now, uh, you know, when you inhale, as if your rib cage could expand, like a balloon filling up. So, inhale, fill up the rib cage balloon, lung balloon, and then let that float your shoulders and your head up. That took me a lot longer to say than for you to do. Uh-huh. And then, exhale, pull your navel in and come back down. Uh-huh. Inhale, fill up your ribs, let that float your chest up. Good. And then exhale, engage your navel, and come down. Let's have your hands a little further back, just like that, yeah. You're not using your arms. We'll so do this three more times. Not using your arms, using your back muscles. Come up. It's like uh, tummy time for grown-ups here. And this is strengthening all the muscles along the back of the body, the back of the neck, back of the shoulder blades. Uh-huh. Keep the gaze forward so you're not crunching your neck too much. And you're moving with the breath. Now, when you're next up with your head and shoulders, you'll stay with those head and shoulders up. So if you're just getting there, stay. And you'll reach your arms back by your butt towards the back of the room. Sort of like Superman. Ooh, actually, technically, Superwoman in general in this room. <laughs> but you could be whichever you want. It's modern times. Uh-huh. Turn the hands palms down. Uh-huh. And then, optional. Is floating the legs up. Now, if you float your legs up and you feel a strain in your back, that is, to be clear, a strain. So you would come out. Because we don't increase our vitality by straining. Last I checked. One more breath. Okay, come on down. Get your hands, palms down under your chest. And push all the way up into downward facing. Dog. Downward dog. Uh-huh. If you have tender wrists, you can do this on your elbows. And see about getting your hips high. And it's sort of like a mountain peak with your derriere high. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Two breaths here. Deep breathing. Mm-hmm. Deep breathing. So in the yoga practice. Uh, In the yoga tradition, there's a relationship, there's considered to be a relationship between the breath and our vitality. Let's walk the feet forwards up to your hands. It might be a little awkward. Nobody said yoga wasn't awkward sometimes, but walk those feet. And have your feet two fist distance apart. Uh Uh-huh. Bring your hands to your knees. Bend your knees. And let your spine lengthen out here. Good. Big in-breath. Exhale, fold down. Let's try that again. Inhale, bend your knees. Draw your hands up to your knees. Lift your chest. Exhale, fold down. One more time. Inhale, up. Exhale, down. Let's come up to standing. Arms come all the way around and up. And you look up at the top. Exhale, arms come down. Inhale. Arms float up. Ribcage lifts. Exhale. Belly comes in. Ribcage soften. Arms come down. Do that just two more times. So inhale. Ribcage lifts like a moving meditation. Exhale. Good. You'll do one more at your own pace. You're not moving at my pace. Adjust your pace. And when you finish, once your arms are down, you'll come to a complete and total standing stop. Ah. Okie dokie. Hands behind the head. And then inhale, lift the chest and pull the elbows back. Lean the head back towards the uh, fingertips just a little bit. Lift the chest. Can you breathe while you're here? Breathing's important, at least till 12.15 today. If not, a little later. Deep breathing. Lifting the chest. Lifting the head. Elbows squeezing back. Good. Release the hands. Step your left foot back. Mm -hmm. That means the right foot stays forward. You're generally facing forward, and your right knee's going to bend. Your elbows come up like little cactuses, Joshua tree cactuses. Big inhale, ribcage lifts. Exhale, straighten the front leg, let the hands come together. Inhale, bend the knee, lift the chest. Exhale, straighten hands together. Please do two more. Start the breath and then the movement. It's almost like the breath we're making the movement instead of your muscles, if that makes any sense to you. Because I know your muscles actually make the movement, but it's as if the breath could make the movement. Our yoga party will meet with both legs straight, and then you're going to take your hands in a little triangular shape and take it forward and up and gaze through your triangle, your yoga triangle. Fix your gaze right through there like you're peeking through the window to the heavens. Good. Hands come down and then swing your arms front to back. If there is ever a vigorous arm swing, this is your opportunity for a vigorous arm swing. And then we'll go ahead and bend the knee elbows wide and you'll take a few breaths here uh-huh. now, our breath is actually literally nourishing you. So the lung has this somehow um, miraculous capacity to take oxygen molecules out of the air and put it into liquid your blood. That's like a miracle. We're nourishing ourselves just by breathing. You don't even have to think about it too much. The breath just happens naturally. It's said to be the bridge between the conscious and the unconscious, our breath, or the bridge between the body and the mind. Good hands down. Step your back foot forward. Have your feet wide. Inhale, shoulders up. Out the mouth. Arms up. Inhale. Stay standing, exhale, arms down. One more of those, just one more. Inhale. And this time, as you exhale, down, down, down you go. Bend your knees. If your back is tender, brace your elbows on your knees. And then I'm wondering here, if you can, on your inhale... Exaggerate the rib cage filling up like a balloon. So you might even lift up a quarter inch because on the inhale, the rib cage fills in. And when you exhale, emptying out, sinking towards the stretch more. Does that make sense? So that the breath has got some movement in it and you're not just locked into the pose. Ooh, let your head hang. Hairy or not, heads are hanging. Okay. Hands to your hips. And come on up to standing. And you'll step your right leg back. I think that puts the left leg forward. You're generally facing forward. And your arms will be like little Joshua Tree cactuses. Mm-hmm. Inhale. Exhale, straighten the front leg hands to namaste. And then inhale your ribcage balloon Fills, exhale, navel in, legs straight. Do two more. Start the breath and then the movement. So you start the inhale and then you start to move and you start the exhale and then you start to move. So you're coordinating. Good. Our yoga party will meet with the front leg straight, hands together. You'll make a triangle with your hands. Take your gaze up. And gaze through the window. Okay, this is, this is like not literal, but gaze to the heavens. Peek into the heavens. Good. And then swing your arms. A vigorous arm swing. It'll be a little test of balance, too, probably. Here. And one of these times, you'll bend the knee and the arms will come out. Hmm. So uh, the yoga practice, so I mentioned that we practice yoga to cultivate vitality, and then there's some physical benefits for us, uh, weight-bearing, uh, strengthening the muscles, some stretching, so range of motion. And then we also have, as we practice yoga, especially at Spirit Rock, this connection to mindfulness, our presence, our kind attention. Good. Straighten the leg. Let the arms come down. Step the back foot forward. Shoulders up. Inhale. Oh, the mouth. Arms up. Inhale. Rib cage lifts. Stay standing. Exhale. Good. You'll do that again. This time, you'll fold down as you exhale, all the way down. You'll take just one breath down here. So the inhale, the rib cage will fill. It might even lift like it were floating. And the exhale, you'll sink. And your next inhale, whenever that happens, hands to the hips so you can come back up to standing. And we will rotate to the right side of the room. Did the turkeys move already? Oh, okay. We don't get much of a turkey view some days. You'll take your legs wide. Turn your right toes to the right. Now, the wider part your legs are, the more challenging this is. So you can moderate for your energy levels today. And you'll bend the right knee and the arms are out. Okay. And so here's our breath and movement. Inhale, ribcage lift, Look forward or even up. And then exhale, turn your gaze to the right and bend the knee. Oh, that's your pattern, inhaling. But two more. Moving meditation. Connecting into spirit. Whatever that word means to you. And the next time the knee is bent and the arms are out, you'll keep the legs how they are. Put just the arms down. Move your shoulders. Move your head. And then your arms will come back out. And Let's turn the hands, palms up. And you'll gaze to the right. So, um... This pose in English is called warrior pose, which I think some of you know, yeah? And in Sanskrit, so yoga, the yoga poses, uh, yoga came from India, and the pose names, many of them, the ones that aren't super new, that weren't invented over here, have Sanskrit names. So Sanskrit is the sacred uh, language from India. And the Sanskrit name of this is Virabhadrasana, Virabhadrasana, which is related to virility, vitality, right? The same. The sense of opening the chest, opening the arms, a cultivation of our virility. All right. Straighten the leg, bring the arms down, turn all ten toes to the long end of the mat, and then we'll do the other side. So the left toes are out, you'll bend your left knee. And those arms will come out to the sides. And your pattern is inhale up. And you might look up or look this way. And then exhale, bend the knee and look to the left. And you'll do this a couple more times. I think actually four total about what I'm going for, more or less. Something like that. Smooth, moving meditation. And all that means is doing what you're doing while you're doing it. Okay. And then when the yoga party next, when you've next come to knee bent, arms out to the side, you'll keep your legs and put just your arms down and move your shoulders. Okay, and then put your arms back out to the side. Turn your hands, palms up. This is the virility pose, the warrior pose. Also sometimes talked about as the courageous pose. It takes courage to be alive sometimes, this courageous kind of warrior pose. And, you know, last week I did some yoga on my yoga retreat that I was at. And the teacher talked about, he had a little, I thought it was so cute, he had a little thing that he said to himself when he came to this pose. I rock. You get it? I rock. You could say it to yourself now. I rock. I rock. <laughs> it's funny. It's probably true. It's Wonder Woman. Have you seen it yet? I haven't seen Wonder Woman yet. Yes. This right. Oh, Wonder Woman does this? Oh, okay, straighten the leg. Put the arms down. That's enough of you rocking. Bring your feet together. Okay, we're going to try this. Bring your hands to Namaste. Can you see me? Okay. And then um, take your left leg out. And then bend your knee, hands together. And right leg out. And That's your pattern. Just like so. So working on... uh, A little bit of balance. Just like so. Smooth and steady. And then when your next leg is out to the side, we're going to stay. If possible, give me a thumbs up. Yeah. Feet together, hands together. Other leg out. Thumbs up. Feet together, hands together. Good. Step your feet wide. Turn your right toes to the right. Inhale the arms out. And tip over, triangle pose, just a little bit. So we know this. We know this, actually, this connection between our breath and our vitality we know that some, if we get stressed or anxious, our breath pattern gets impacted. Have you noticed that in your own body? So that our breath our breath impacts our mind, impacts our body, and our mind and body impacts our breath. It's all together, not separate. Press the feet into the floor to come on up. Turn your feet to the other side. Uh-huh. Inhale the arms out. And exhale, shift sideways into your triangle pose, uttita, trikonasana. Uh What do you observe here? Maybe there's a thought stream. There's breath. There's the this moment, the thusness. Okay, come on up and bring your feet together. All right, let's pick up the right leg. Uh Turn the knee out. Bring your hands up. All right, and then let's do the other side. So, hands will come together when the feet are down, and then you come up. This time, the legs coming forward and uh, and, down. Yeah, just work. If you wanted to do this with the breath, the exhale is down, and the inhale is up. But you're also welcome to just do it. I'm assuming that you're going to keep breathing. Just like so. And the worst is going to happen is you fall over. I mean, really, that's what happens sometimes. Okay, so let's keep this leg up. Index finger, pointer finger, and thumb tip touch. And down you come. And up. Index finger and thumb tip touch. And down. Inhale the arms up. Exhale, bend the knees, stick your butt back and down, don't be shy. Inhale, up. Bend the knees, butt back and down. Two more of those. Mm. Our yoga party will meet with the knees bent, hands touching, and then give me some cactus elbows. Scoop your belly. Is that, a good, is that descriptive enough for you? Engage your belly a little bit. Not because you look better with your belly engaged, but to support your lower back as you're here. Put some weight in your heels. Uh-huh. And then notice that your breath shifts and changes so the body will regulate its oxygen needs just so. Now, without moving the feet, press the heels wide. Uh-huh. And this is, you might notice, a heating pose. Did you notice? It is a heating pose. Yes. Two more breaths. Is it possible? And the answer can be no, actually. But is it possible to stay steady here in this heating pose? Okay, let's come on up. Inhale up. Stay standing. Arms come down. Separate your feet and come to a complete stop. You might have to adjust your clothing or your hair. (laughs) But once you get adjusted, come to a complete pause. Empty out your wrists. Okay, take your feet wide. Uh Inhale the arms up, right hand in the direction of the left foot. And inhale, come back up. This is your pattern. Exhale, emptying out and going down. And inhaling up. Just like so.
0: Can you refresh
1: yourself with the practice? And again, the answer could be no, but just check it out. Can you refresh yourself with the movements rather than criticizing yourself or I don't know, still like a waking up. Now our yoga party is going to meet with the right hand uh, down. Now the right hand could be on the opposite knee, it could be on the foot, on the floor. Just find a place. Uh, Turning a little bit, twisting a little bit over to the left. Two breaths, we won't stay too long. Come on up. And then here, the left hand coming across to the knee, the foot, or the floor. And come on up. And bring the feet together. Come to a stop. Relax the back of the neck a little bit. Your lower back and the backs of the knees. Okay. Very good. Double thumbs up. Please come onto your back, sunny side up. Have your knees bent. Feet flat on the floor. Ah. How's the floor? Double thumbs up for some of us. Okay. Extend your right leg on, um, towards the front of the room and let's keep the right foot off the floor an inch or two. Okay, Inhale, take the right leg up towards the ceiling and exhale, right leg back, forward and down. That was one. Can you count and do four more? It'll be the honor system. If you end up with three or six, it'll be okay. But do a total of five, I'm hoping for. And once you've done five-ish or so, um, oh, make sure you're moving with the breath. So it's inhale and exhale. And you start the inhale and then the movement. And you start the exhale and then the movement. And when you've done your five, which I think is about now, you'll switch switcheroo on your legs. And you'll do five. And if you ended up doing six and you know it, you could do six on the other side, but something like that. And you start the inhale and then the movement. Now, the free leg, the leg that's not waving around in the air, that knee is bent, foot's on the floor. Yeah, yeah, just to support your back as you do this. And when you've done five or so on this side, Our yoga party will meet with the knees into the chest.
0: Good. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, take both hands around the right knee, extend your left leg forward and off the floor. Mm -hmm. Spread your left toes like little yoga blossoms. Yeah. And then um, optional is lift the head up towards your right knee. If you've lifted your head, put your left hand behind your head to support your neck a little bit. And if you have lifted your head, deliberately relax your neck a bit. It's not going to relax completely, but your hand can support it if it's up. Good. Now, um, if your head came up, put it back down and you'll pull the left knee, everybody pull the left knee in and you'll switch legs, extend the right leg out and right leg off the floor and the toes are spread like little yoga blossoms, toe blossoms. And then maybe the head came up, some of you have already done that. If your head came up, the hand is behind the neck, to, the head to support the neck, really You'll need your neck later today, especially if you're smart. It's heavy up there. Good. Okay. Head down if it came up, both knees into the chest. Uh-huh. Take both legs up towards the ceiling. The knees will be bent a little bit, and you'll cross the right ankle over the left. Hands are down by your sides. And then just slowly curl the tailbone up and down like a little up and down with your derriere, maybe five times. If you feel strain in your back, that's strain, so you would stop. Let's cross the other ankle in front and you've got maybe five more on this side. And when you finish, place the feet on the floor. Wave of relaxation. And let your knees sway to the right and up. And the knees fall to the left and up. And you'll do one more set each side, your own pace rolling across the sacrum, the flat bone at the base of the spine. Getting a little bit of a twist here. Okay. Our yoga party will meet with the knees up, feet hip-width apart, ankles under the knee. Start the inhale and then sweep the arms to the floor all the way up above your head. Now, your arms are on the floor up here above your head. If it doesn't work for your shoulders, you can put a cushion under under back there so that the arms don't have to go so far to the floor. If your arms can't reach the floor up above your head, just support with a cushion or folded-up blanket or a blanket and a cushion So exhale, start the exhale and sweep the arms down. So that was one. Do three more. Inhale, arms up. And exhale, the arms go down. Good. Your own pace. Uh So remember, start the breath and then the movement. So it's sort of like the movement is in the envelope of the breath. So the breath is slightly bigger and you slide the movement into the breath. And um, next, when your arms are lifting up, you'll add lifting your bum up. So when your arms come up, your bum comes up. And when your arms go down, your bum goes down. So be strengthening for the lower body. Uh Uh-huh. And our yoga party will meet with the bum and the arms up. And with the bum and the arms up, see, investigate, see if you can inhale and fill your chest. Like those lungs in the inhale, the chest, and then on the exhale, the lungs empty out so the chest softens a little bit. Just keeping the bum up. Uh-huh. Good, good. Okie dokie. Come on down. And the hands can come down. <coughs> uh-huh. Open the knees. Bottoms of the feet touch. Open the knees. Bottoms of the feet touch each other. Knees wide. Yeah, perfect. And then here, instead of... Now I realize that literally the breath is still going only into the lung. But on the inhale, can you keep your ribcage fairly still and let the movement come into your belly? So it's like a belly inhale. That's where the balloon is filling. It's really just your lower lungs. But see what you can do with that. It's the be- belly and as if the breath had nourishment for you, which it does. As if the breath could soothe you. Right. Bless you. Uh, knees come back together, bottoms of the feet on the floor. We'll do one more of those bridge poses. So. The hands will be down by your sides. And this time we keep the hands down and you'll lift your hips up. Lift your hips up. Good. Uh You might tuck your shoulders under just a little bit. Um, Good. And take, oh, three breaths here or so. I don't know, maybe four breaths, something like that. Standing on your feet, this is strengthening for the back of the body, your tushy. So do actually lightly engage your tushy with a light tushy engagement. The lower back is strengthening. The back of the legs. Uh Good. Okay. Let's come on down, and we're going to do one more abominable abdominable. So pull the knees into the chest. Mm. Now, uh, you'll let go of the knees if you have your hands on them and have your knees pretty much straight up from your hips, your shins parallel to the floor, and the toes spread. Uh Hands behind the head, lift up the head and shoulders. So be slow. Take your right leg forward and reach your right elbow in the direction of the left knee. Now don't move the knee, just move the elbow. And then back to center. Left leg straightens and bring the left elbow in the direction of the right knee. It's not going to get all the way there, but in that direction and back to center. That's your pattern. You'll keep going. Resting as you need to rest. be one more set Is it getting warm in there too when you finished could be right now, could be in a moment but when you finish just put your feet down um, Your feet are on the floor. Lift up your bum. Scoot your bum two inches or so to the left. So you just scoot your tushy over. Knees come in. And knees will go over to the right. Your arms will open out to the sides. If this is straining in your lower back, put a cushion between your knees or under your knees. Let your head turn left. Uh-huh. And if possible, letting your knees and feet rest on the floor. So knee, yeah, yeah. So feet can come down. Can the feet come down even? Yeah. All this effort all the time. So, there's this lovely phrase: um, rest your exhausted mind. I think that's a Mahayana a Tibetan Buddhist phrase, but uh, it's rest your exhausted mind. For a moment, soften your jaw. Find your breath. There's nothing to fix or figure out for a moment, anyway. Let's bring the knees up. Before you go to the other side, you can um, have your feet back on the floor, straighten out your hips, and pause. Take one breath. And then your hips will go over to the right. Knees come in and over to the left. Arms are out. And again, if you're having some problem in your back or your hips, you can put something between your knees or under your knees. Your chin is turning to the right. Now here, um, where, where does the breath like fill? So when I'm twisting this way, for example, your body might be different. Good chance your body is different. But when I'm twisting this way, I feel the movements of the breath more in the right lung, right ribcage area. Almost like those movements of the breath were some sort of, almost like a massage or something there. Like this kind, gentle touch of those movements. Okay, good. You'll come on up. Let's do one more. Let's take the, straighten your hips out. You'll take the right ankle on the left knee. Right ankle on the left knee. And hug the left thigh in. Yeah. A little bit. If your head comes off the floor, you might grab a cushion and put it underneath of it so your neck is supported. It's like so far away. There you go. I think for you... Do this under your foot. It's not going to be a nice amount of stretch. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Uh, two belly breaths.
0: And when you've finished, you'll switch sides. Two belly breaths.
1: Do you know what's coming? Shavasana. Final relaxation. Now, for some people, lying flat is an is uncomfortable, so you could put the blanket. uh, Cushion under your knees or under your head, and you might need to put on your socks or your sweater. It goes so far away. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Okay. make yourself as comfortable as possible. And here's the other thing. Sometimes when we get into this shape, we don't feel very relaxed. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. That can happen. Um, And then um, sometimes people will look around the room and think, oh, everybody's so relaxed except for me. (laughs) And this is a big lesson. Don't compare how you feel on the inside to how other people look on the outside. That's a good lesson in the Facebook age. Don't compare how you feel on the inside. So if you end up not feeling relaxed... It's not a failure. It's not a bust. It's just how the heart is in this moment. And the instruction, if you don't feel super relaxed, is to find a part of your body that feels okay. It doesn't have to be a big spot or a big feeling. Just some spot, a little corner maybe, like your eyelids or your hands. Some spot that feels okay and rest your mind there. Just whenever you think of it. The mind will wander, but... Whenever you think of it, that's if you're not feeling relaxed. Otherwise, you can just do nothing. Relax the hinge of the jaw. Your lips are soft and fleshy.
3: Relax the eyes,
1: all the little muscles around the eyes,
0: the cheeks.
1: Let your windpipe, your esophagus settle back and down. softening even somehow the space between your fingers and your toes.
0: If you're feeling
1: peaceful, you might not be, but if you are feeling peaceful, savor that.
3: a deep breath.
1: And you'll bend your knees one at a time. Place your feet on the floor and roll to your right side. So in a moment when you get up, in a moment, We'll be shifting into meditation and you're welcome to sit on the floor or in a chair so you can use your left arm in particular to help you come up. You'll come up and you'll find a seat. If you're sitting on the chair, you can just leave your stuff. You don't need to roll it up. You can just go find a chair. There's a row in the back. There's more over here if you want to grab one. If you are sitting on the floor, have enough cushion that your hips are lifted. We'll start with a pranayama, which is a breathing exercise. And this breathing exercise is um, the purpose of it is to really balance your energy. So, too sleepy during meditation, sleepy, too agitated, too agitated. So, we want to balance those energies. It's called a square breath. So if you find that the um, breathing exercise is agitating um, or not working for you for any reason, then it's not the right tool at this moment. So we learn lots of different tools and techniques with yoga. And I'm going to offer this tool or this technique. And if it doesn't serve you, then you don't feel obligated to do it. So the breath will be even. The inhale, and then after the inhale, there's a pause, and then an exhale, and then after the exhale, there's a pause. So there's four parts, right? Inhale, pause, exhale, pause. It's four parts. And um, each will be even. I'm going to guide it a couple times with the count of five, and then I'll let you do it on your own. If five works for you, for your breath, able to hold it for five counts, that's great. If it seems too long or too short, you can adjust. You could do six counts, seven counts. You could do two count, inhale, right? So you can modify that for yourself. So just take a moment and observe your spontaneous natural breath. We'll do, we'll start with a count of five. So uh, inhale, two, three, four, five. Pause, two, three, four, five. Exhale, two, three, four, five. Pause, two, three, four, five. And then natural breath.
0: So the pauses
1: The pauses are not um gripping the pauses are soft When you're pausing after the inhale sometimes the chest could keep lifting And when you're pausing after the exhale it's a soft so if a little air gets in or out, it would be okay. We're not trying to be perfect. Let's try again. We'll do two rounds. Inhale, two, three, four, five. Pause, two, three, four, five. Exhale, two, three, four, five. Pause. Two, three, four, five. Inhale. Two, three, four, five. Pause. Two, three, four, five. Exhale. Two, three, four, five. Pause. Two, three, four, five. Natural breath. Now, if you'd like, you could do up to five more rounds of this. And you can change the count if you need it to be shorter or longer. Just keep it all even. So we'll have a couple more minutes of this, if you'd like, if it seems that it's serving you at your own pace. And then letting that breathing practice go if you hadn't already. Spontaneous breath.
0: Have a sense of the hips
1: legs and feet steady like a mountain. You might even notice also your hands resting and steady like a mountain. And then in contrast to that, those movements of the breath Invite the breath to adjust itself to be more soothing and calm at ease. Allow the breath to adjust itself. When you notice thinking, thank your mind. You might even say, bless this thought. Then come back to the body, the hips and legs and hands steady and the breath soft. I'm moving. Coming back, starting again. Body, the hips, legs, and hands steady. And the breath, breath soft and moving. The thoughts come, thank them, bless this thought. Back. So, at this point in the class, we come closer up here because this is a very big room, and we're going to have a talk and discussion. So you can roll up your mat, and if you want st- to continue sitting on the floor, just bring your cushions closer. If you want to sit on a chair you have a chair, you can bring the chairs closer. So we'll just rearrange the room and come a bit closer.
0: Ashley,
1: and it turns out I really love my. Could you
4: start? <laughs> oh, poor Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Anthony, yeah. and was that
0: what I'm curious about? Yeah, something you were curious about, or so something you like?
4: Uh, I started listening to trap music it's pretty interesting it's called trap I haven't really looked into what the definition is but it's kind of like EDM almost but a little bit more calmer
5: hello I'm Tina I have not had time to think of anything so I'm just going to tell you that it's my birthday today (laughs) yay and that's the end uh, hi, I'm Lonnie. I am currently obsessed with organizing my kitchen. That's what I was thinking about the entire time we were meditating. I could put pans over there or over there. I'm Carolyn.
1: I don't know these guys. At all. <laughs> um, I really am curious and love to hike. So I just try to go to a new place. Um, as often as possible to check new places out.
3: Hi, I'm Brooke, and I just want to have something joyful and fun to do every single day.
5: Hi, I'm Odessa, I also like to hike, and I like listening to podcasts. Hi, I'm Karen, and I have spent the last two weeks reading books every day. <laughs> I'm Sue, and I, I began studying Italian when Rosetta Stone offered a deal for $140 for two years, and I do it every single day, and I love it. It's really fun. Hi, I'm Lana. And uh, I fell in love with Yosemite last week. Just the beauty in the nature it was incredible. Very overpowering, actually. It's beautiful. My name's Maya, and I'm gearing up for the Fourth of July parade here in Woodacre.
4: <clears throat> Hi, I'm Jan, and I just really enjoyed reading A Murder Mystery Set in Tudor, England. I'm Thelma, and wow, I'm just so stumped. I'm usually not at a loss for words, but I could organize my kitchen. I could, <laughs> I, I, I could, I could get ready for the Fourth of July since it comes right down my street in Woodacre, and I too read murder mysteries. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs>
1: Hi, I'm Caroline, and um, I'm looking forward to going to the Marin County Fair this week because I have a painting in the fine arts exhibit, so I'm excited to go see where they put it.
4: (laughs) I'm Jude, and um, somehow,
0: sometimes, yes. Well, I
4: yeah, <laughs> no, I like to row.
5: I'm
1: Molly, and I'm just enjoying the weather so very, very much, and love to just run in my garden all the time and picking things.
4: Um,
5: I I like catch surfing. Not kite, couch. So she's my couch surfer, surfing on my couch.
1: <laughs> yeah, my name is Maria, and um, I'm on the biggest adventure. I'm doing a trip around the world, and it's my that's my pleasure to meet you, and I'm r- really grateful and thankful to be here. Yeah.
4: Good morning, I'm Kip, and... Um, I'm very engaged right now in learning a lot about uh, specifically American history and the ways that it repeats itself. I'm Sue, and um, the primary feeling I'm I'm aware of right now is this gratitude because I have been away from this class for over a year due to scheduling, travel, etc., it is simply so very good to be back again. My body's very happy about that.
2: Hello, I am Lisa, and I am very curious about the West. So that's why I'm here from New York.
5: I'm Mary and I'm very happy that my friend Lisa is visiting me right now. And I've gotten a lot of joy lately out of raising monarch butterflies. I um, brought them inside the house when they were tiny caterpillars, and I've been watching them pupate and break out of their chrysalis, and it's just the most beautiful thing. It's uh, fascinating, too. My name is Anne, and I just spent the past week with a friend from New York who was visiting, and we were in Point Reyes National Seashore every day, either at a beach or hiking, and One of the highlights was the joy of boogie boarding together.
1: (laughs) All right, thanks for humoring me. I thought that was nice to hear a little bit more about Oh, I'm not on. There we go. The, the word, so the teachings of the Buddha were first written in Pali, which is related to Sanskrit. Some of you know the sacred yoga language, which I spoke of earlier. Um, and the Pali language is related to Sanskrit, but a little different. And the Buddhist teachings first got written down in that. And uh, the word that I'm translating is energy and vitality and effort and courageousness is virya. Which is related to virabhadrasana in yoga, which is related to vitality. So this quality of virya, our energy, and it's in. Um, for those of you that are newer to Buddhism, you might know, not know this yet. But there's a million lists: four of that, five of that, two of that, three of that. There's a million lists, and this quality of virya shows up in a whole bunch of lists. So it's showing up in different places in the teachings. And really, um, I had written down originally it brings our practice, our spiritual practice alive. But actually, it's more than that, it brings everything alive. Like you, everything you've ever accomplished in your life is due to vitality and energy and effort. So this whole world, this building, is due to somebody, actually a whole bunch of people's vitality. And, and you know, like all the people that donated money, and then all the vitality. <laughs> it's the best today. I like, have a Pavlovian response to start meditating when I hear a bell. You <laughs> have to wait for the talk. Anyway, like everything, like this building came from the vitality of the workers. It came from the vitality of the people that visioned it. It came from the vitality of the people that impressed. Like everything comes from this vitality, from this effort. You can't accomplish anything in life without it. Um, It takes virya. It takes effort to get out of bed. Have you noticed that? Some days, a little more than others, it takes a little more effort to get out of bed. But everything Ajahn Suchito, who's an English man who's a monastic for like 40 years or something. He says, energy is fundamental for all of us and to anything we do. When our energy is bright and steady, we feel good and act effectively. When it's low or scattered, we feel bad and mess up. So energy is relevant both as the resource of vitality And as the way we apply the resource. So our uh, stores, our our vitality actually is limited. Like it's not an unlimited thing. In some ways it is. It's self-renewing. And I'll talk about later in the talk how we can cultivate vitality. Um, I teach a group of much older people on Mondays, and and they were like, well, you're much younger than me. We have a different relationship to this topic. Like, we do have limited vitality in our life. Like, our vitality is going to end at some point. And so um, it behooves us to pay attention to it, to cultivate it, and to steward it. I like this word, steward, to steward our vitality, our resource of vitality. So it brings uh, life and practice alive. Um, Who here, has anybody here stayed up all night or most of the night reading a book? Right? A lot of us. Not everybody, but a lot of us, right? So the curiosity and interest in the book provides the energy to stay up so late reading the book. So curiosity and interest, this is why I phrase the question that way, what are you curious about? Like, our curiosity and interest can often help us, or it provides vitality. So this curiosity to what's going on in the book. Whereas, like, if we're watching TV shows, like, we can watch, watch, watch. And at least for me, once I start losing my interest, I get a little bored, then I turn it off. Right? So where our interest is, is where our vitality lies. They're connected somehow. So I have a little friend, she's 10, and um, back when she was 6 or 7, she decided she, she was cute, she decided that she wanted to learn how to do handstand, and she was very like very excited about this idea, I'm going to learn how to do handstand, and her mother who I'm actually friends with reported that she was doing literally hundreds of handstands every day. She had, well, she's little. She was six or seven, so she had a lot of vitality. But she didn't care that she was falling over. And I think this is a lesson for adults. Sometimes we think if we try something and we fall over, it's like, oh, we don't want to try it anymore. She wasn't afraid to fall over. She just wanted to learn handstand. And she was just doing it again and again and again and again. So there's something about this quality uh, that uh, that includes our curiosity and our interest, but also is pointing towards a patient perseverance, right? Like this over and over and over. And now she can do handstand, which is brilliant. But I'm not as interested in the outcome. I'm really interested in this vitality, this patient, persistent effort. Like if we think about the Grand Canyon, it's a huge, massive canyon, right? was not created in one rainstorm was not created in one year of rainstorms, right? What do we get with persistent effort? We can get the Grand Canyon, um, this kind of effort that's really steady, that's just steady and willing to practice again and again and again. Uh, There's a quote from David White. Some of you might have heard this, that the cure for exhaustion is not necessarily more rest. The cure for exhaustion is wholeheartedness. So, you know, in our culture, actually, a lot of us are sleep deprived, and we do need sleep, but then also like this cure for exhaustion that can be a kind of wholeheartedness. So I like to be a couch potato sometimes. My tendency is like I just want to shut out the world. Instead of a couch surfer, I want to be a couch potato. Like shut out the world, and um, like not answer the phone, not deal with anything. And what I found interestingly enough is that if I'm conflicted about being a couch potato, if I'm judging myself and thinking I shouldn't do it and this is wrong, this is bad, it takes a really long time for the couch potato ness to pass. I become a very potato potato-y. Whereas if I just let myself be a wholehearted couch potato, it passes and my vitality returns naturally. Right? Isn't that interesting? Like this wholeheartedness actually can be an antidote for exhaustion. This wholeheartedness can bring vitality. So um, when I was about 30, I decided I wanted to learn how to play the piano. So I bought a piano, and I had a lot of of, uh, curiosity and interest to play the piano. And at the beginning, I I was practicing like four and five hours a day. I was like, I'm going to play classical piano. I'm going to do this. And I got really into it. And I could notice from day to day, I could notice like, oh, some days I wasn't patient with the process, and I like wanted to go faster and play better. And it was really like that's when the practice would tank if I was attached to the outcome, like how I wanted it to sound rather than just being with that steady, persistent practice. My poor neighbors, right on those days, it would crash and I'd be like cursing. There'd be like naughty words coming out of my mouth. When I lost that sort of persistent, steady effort... And became uh, attached with, you could say, my ego or my will to have it be better than it was or different. So, there's uh, part of this vitality uh, A learning for us is to turn towards the process. The process, the process of my little friend Chloe learning handstands, and the process of me learning piano, the process of doing the kitchen, right? Like, you're interested in it. Like, this whole, like, what is the unfolding of the process? So in the yoga tradition, I didn't talk about this too much during the yoga practice, but in the yoga tradition, there's the bell again, there's um, instructions around the yoga asana. There's not very much ancient instruction about the yoga asana because actually what we do with our bodies is uh, fairly recently developed and new, how how, how we're practicing it. But there is a little bit of ancient teaching about how to do the yoga poses and the instructions are uh, for the yoga pose to be stira and sukha. So the, I'm back to Sanskrit words, Stira and sukha. And stira is steady, like steady. And sukha is actually sweet. It's the opposite of the word dukkha, which I think I talk about a lot more in this class, which is suffering. But stira and sukha. And sukha actually literally translated means the center. If the axle on the wheel is centered, so, so that the wheel smoothly rolls. So that our yoga poses, the instruction is for them to be steady and sweet. And that also is pointing towards the process. Because for me, and I don't know, maybe for, maybe for you, maybe not for you, everybody's different. But for me, if I lose that sweetness, it means that I'm really getting attached to, I want it to be different. I want it to look different. I want my body to be different. right? So the sthira and sukha, sort of steadiness. And something else to note about effort is that it's always fluctuating. So sometimes if I go on a meditation retreat and I have like a nice sit, what I decide is a nice sit, it's peaceful, and, or maybe a whole, even a whole afternoon, and then I think to myself, and this is a deluded thought, I think, what did I do if I could just do this next time? If I could just figure out what was the perfect effort, then I can repeat this experience, but actually, effort is always fluctuating. Vitality is always fluctuating because the conditions are different, right? Sometimes we're a little sick fighting something off. Sometimes we got enough sleep. Sometimes we didn't. And then there's the whole outer conditions, too, that we can't always, like, the barometric pressure can, like, impact how we feel or, right? So so this sense of of the effort being fluctuating depending on the conditions. Some days it takes a lot of effort to get out of bed. Other days we just get up. And so that effort isn't a one size fits all. It's actually asking us to be present, to use the quality of mindfulness to navigate through our life. Like how to be a human. How do we navigate? I feel like it's like being on a boat And the conditions are always shifting. And what's the right effort for today? And the instruction uh, for those hard days, you're familiar with the hard days, right? The instruction for the hard day is to switch the effort towards kindness. Right? And I was speaking about this a little bit at the beginning of yoga class. Like Our effort needs to change, and some days our effort is just kindness. And that's enough effort. Right. So there's two other yoga words about this topic. And they go together. They're abhyasa and vairagya. So abhyasa means practice. So our spiritual practice, and you could even say our lives are a practice. They're not a perfect. They don't call it a yoga perfect. They don't call it a meditation perfect. It's a practice, Abhyasa. And it's pointing to this steady effort, like the Grand Canyon being made over many years, this kind of steady effort. And then vairagya, this word means letting go of attachment to results. So, of course, we practice. We practice whatever uh, we want to cultivate in this life. Kindness, compassion, uh, confidence curiosity. Uh, maybe art. Maybe you want to make art or music. Like, what is it that you want to cultivate? What is this abhyasa that you're committing to? And can we a little bit let go of attachment to results? It doesn't mean that we don't um, don't have goals in mind. It means that that we understand that we can't always control the outcome, that we can't always get what we want. So sometimes I've noticed I might have a goal for myself, And something else entirely will happen that ends up being better than I thought in the first place. And it's really helpful to not be attached to what my idea is. And then other times, what I want to happen doesn't happen, and actually, honestly, what happens is kind of poopy, right? It's really, like, not good. And that's what happens in life. That is part of being alive. And that attachment to things being the other way ends up causing causing my own suffering, like wanting things to be different than they are. So this uh, abhyasa and vairagya, practice and let go of attachment to results. So when, we, uh, when we're when we talking about virya, oh, I have this another quote from Ajahn Suchito. I love this question. He says, does your energy, so does your vitality, come from interest and aspiration, from willingness of heart? Or is it caught up with trying to climb the wrong mountain? Mm -hmm. You know how sometimes we have these ideas about ourselves that are very sort of externally rather than an internal aspiration? Does your energy come from interest and aspiration, or are you caught up trying to climb the wrong mountain? I think that's a beautiful question for each of us to consider, Um, in part because uh, there is integrity. There is integrity that comes from the very act of that cultivation, that that practice, whatever it is that you're practicing. So um, compassion, if that's your aspiration and you're cultivating that, there's integrity in that very act of, of the cultivation. Does that make sense? Rather than the outcome. Because we can't control the outcome. So the integrity from the practice itself. So because our energy and vitality is, uh, can be spent and can be drained and is actually limited, there is the effort of discipline. Sometimes we need to set boundaries with ourselves make sure we eat right, make sure we get enough sleep so that our vitality does remain um, uh, buoyant for us so it can support us, so that it can be important to set boundaries for ourselves, to stay with our commitments, and um, also to notice what situations are draining for us and, if we can, taking ourselves out of those draining situations or knowing when to turn off the news, Right? So that we're actually moderating what we consume. One piece of cake, great. Four pieces of cake might be draining of your vitality. (laughs) Right? Like setting boundaries with ourselves. So that we're going towards what brings curiosity and joy. We're going towards what brings vitality. Because we have this one precious life, yes? And it goes so fast. So what what do we do with this life? And we have a limited amount of vitality, so let's be thoughtful about how we uh, hold our vitality, how we spend it. So um, interestingly enough, in many of the lists, this quality, viria, comes after the quality which is considered to be uh, faith or confidence or trust. So, what, so that's why I asked you, what inspired you? This faith, confidence, trust, inspiration, this constellation of um, qualities that is a translation of the word shraddha, or saddha. So, confidence, our inspiration, our trust can bring us vitality. Like, where is your interest? Where is your confidence? Where is your trust? So last week while I was away, I was at a a ranch in Montana outside of Helena, and it's a place called Feathered Pipe. Have you been there? It's beautiful, right? Such a beautiful place. And the woman who owns the ranch, she's in her 70s, and um, her name is India, and one of the nights she told this story, and I came away from her story feeling so Energized. I had so much of this quality of Viria from her story, which was so inspiring. So she um was one of those group of people. There's a whole bunch of people in the late 60s and early 70s that went overland across Europe to India. Maybe some of you did this or know people that did this, right? It was a big thing at that time. So she had done that. And um she got to Afghanistan and um, became very sick. She got hepatitis in Afghanistan, and she ended up staying for eight months in Afghanistan in a family home. Some family took her in and nurtured her and cared for her, and she almost died, basically. And this family of strangers across the world took care of her. And she said what she learned from that was that um, this like huge, like the value of service and care for others and that she since has made it her life's work to actually care. And she was talking about how that is not necessarily so easy to see the way through, and it actually takes a lot of integrity, and you have to turn towards yourself. And she, over the years, has fostered children on the ranch, and she brings people in. It's just like this sense of her bringing people in and caring for them, and that she learned that in Afghanistan in like 1972 from being almost dead. from this family that totally um, nurtured her back to life. So she ended up getting better, and she traveled into India, and she had lost so much weight. So um, she then uh, went as a man and traveled around India as a sadhu, as a man for a while, because she had lost so much weight. Nobody could tell her gender, and, um, and doing spiritual practice all over India. And that took her to a place, uh, a teacher named Sai Baba, to an ashram where she stayed for some time um, and um, did spiritual practice there with that teacher. And during that time, she met a woman named Jerry, who they became close friends. And then Jerry subsequently went back to the United States and India was staying in India. And, uh, but she gets a phone call and she, her friend Jerry says, please come back to the United States. I'm ill. She had cancer, and um, I need someone to take care of me. So India flew back to the United States and took care of this woman. And this woman, it turns out, was quite wealthy and um, gave her, in her will, the ranch, the Feathered Pipe Ranch in like 1973 that is now, to this day, offering yoga and meditation retreats and that like that like that sense of mystery that is our life like you don't know who you're going to meet or what things mean in the moment cuz in the moment she's like I don't want to leave India this is what I'm doing but she did it because service was her ideal and then like these connections that happen and the mystery of life actually how inspiring that can be when we can turn and see the mystery of life and see how things put together that we can't always see in the moment, but looking back, like, oh, oh yeah, there was meaning there. There was meaning there. So my question for you, actually, it's a little bit like the go-around question, but what inspires you? So what brings you alive? So for me... What inspired me in that story was the sense of mystery of how like, the connections that you make sometimes turn out and life can just turn you around and you don't know what's going to happen. And also what inspired me was that sense of heart that I could feel from this woman, of dedication to heart practices, to compassion. Um, but then there are other things that totally inspire me. So for example, um, nature. I think some of you mentioned nature. Nature can be very inspiring, right? It can help us with our vitality. And then a few weeks ago, I might have mentioned this before, but a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, Spirit Rock had an event for Spirit Rock teachers. So we all came together, and they had uh, had this woman who was a university professor come and give us a teaching on the modern history of Buddhism in Burma and Thailand and Sri Lanka, and it's pretty geeky, right? Like the modern history of Buddhism and how it came to the United States and cultural appropriation. And I was like, wow, this is so fabulous, right? Like my vitality came up from that, like a lot of inspiration from something that was a little obscure, right? But everybody's will be different. So my question for the group is, what inspires you? What... um what comes alive for you what are things that come alive for you and i we heard some of it but i'm wondering if there's any more and you can think about it for a second because i think it might be a hard question what inspires you or what comes alive for you or what things light up for you what feeds your vitality do you have one already no Oh, you have several. Here. Yeah. You can start then. Question,
4: okay. Um, well, of course, nature. Yeah. Um, friends, conversations sometimes ah. with a friend. There, sometimes, And this can be the opposite sex, the same sex, but there's just sometimes when you talk to people, your just energy goes up. Uh, yeah. And I had a thing on the news a couple of years ago that said that women actually get each other high when they talk.
2: Ah.
4: Um. And then another is just intellectual things sometimes. I'm surprised. I, I'm just fascinated with history and the connections, all the connections. I, right. I took Ollie courses for a couple of years, and I found that my highlight of the week was going to an American history uh-huh. lecture. Right. I just got so excited. Right, hearing, like the vitality. The yeah. yeah. Just many, and then ex- exercise. Yeah, exercise.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. a good one too. Who else?
3: Brooke. Well, um, I'm an artist, Mm -hmm. and I love doing my art. That gives me vitality, but what gives me the vitality to do my art is bringing other people together um, who are also doing art Mm -hmm. and having gatherings of various types, Mm -hmm. you know, and also raising money for charities through my art. Mm -hmm. So I donate it to auctions and various events. Um, When I'm doing that and bringing people together, other artists, um, and, you know, kind of bringing them to a place where they can show their stuff and and also earn some money from their art, Mm -hmm. you know, that makes me really, really happy. Mm -hmm. I just really love it. And the other thing is, I just took a yoga training in restorative yoga, and one thing that um, our teacher gave as a homework one night was stop, look, and listen. Mm. That was our homework. And it was to, when we're someplace and we're doing a transaction, let's say at Walgreens, stop, look at the person you're mm-hmm. doing the transaction with, and listen, and interface with them. Right.
1: You it's know, don't just, exercise.
3: don't That's just what? like, okay, I'm paying my money, and you walk out of the store and you don't even know what that person looked like. Right. Because you were just transactional. Right. And that, which I've been practicing now, and I've, I've done it before just on my own, I never had any kind of instruction to it but wow it really lights people up yeah you know there's so many people who are working so hard to provide for us in every way in our lives right and they don't get anybody really asking them how are you today right um wow I'm so glad that you were here today to to help me out with whatever I'm needing and and
1: it brings you vitality too it
3: does it totally brings vitality it's it's simple and easy to do. It doesn't cost yeah. anything. And it, you'll find that, you know, there's many times in a day when you can apply it. Right. So I, yeah. I, I think it's one of the best yeah. things that I've had come yeah. my way in a long time. Yeah.
1: I love how that um, a lot of these things are really about waking out, up out of a dull state. Like that wholeheartedness quote. It's like this is considered uh, awakening an awakening practice
3: oh and i too raise butterflies ah. yes I'm, par- I'm a founder of the pollinator posse in oakland california and we raise monarchs and uh-huh. anna swallowtails and i'm currently raising pipevine swallowtails yeah so <laughs> i know who are you? Like- <laughs> and it makes me very happy when the caterpillars are eating and eating and eating and eating uh-huh. especially the pipevine because i have my own feedstock i'm growing a pipevine so yeah. it's uh-huh. really really fun good yeah
1: okay, so what else anybody else have anything vitality enhancers yeah inspiration
2: the um writer e m Forrester uh, oh. was known for a phrase that simply was only connect ah. and I think it 's a, a theme actually that that i 've heard in everybody else and and I think that that really is um it's exactly what you were just talking about. Um, you know, a kind of mindfulness about everything, whether it's right. friendship or whether it's about nature. Um, he also wrote, he wrote, that was from Howard's End. He also wrote a passage to India. Uh-huh. So as, you know, something that was a process, I think, for him as a writer. But um, I, I, th- I think there's right joy and um, excitement in everything. If you take the time to kind of note it and enjoy it and
1: connect. Yeah, beautiful. Anybody else got anything? There's one more. This will be the last one. We'll pass the mic down.
3: Uh,
5: Cooking, definitely, Ah. for a friend. Yeah. I just think about the taste Uh she or he's going to get. Joyfulness, uh-huh. like how I can, you know, make
1: this food better, right? And um, like nature, exploring nature by myself or doing camping by myself. Mm-hmm. I think this doing something that takes courage, uh-huh.
5: kind of gives you some vitality, like yeah. energy.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, beautiful. Is there anybody else? Yeah, down the down the row it goes. <laughs>
5: So, um, I'm involved with a lot of nonprofits, and um, and we work to make other people's lives better. And yesterday, I went to a session, education session about um, called Housing First. It's a program which many nonprofits work together in order to find people who, who are chronically homeless to get houses, and it's just, it just inspiring that, that there are all these people to get working together uh-huh. to, sol- to solve problems, right. and I just like to get involved and do that yeah. Yeah. as much as I can.
1: It's beautiful. There are a lot of great things happening all the time. Okay. I think let's just put the mic down, because we're done. And now, I guess, announcements you
4: want the mic? If No. <laughs> <laughs> if you came in late, you didn't
0: have the
1: opportunity to make your contribution to the class. Morgan, there's a basket in the back of the room. Oh. We can, don't have to put the chairs away. Today. Okay. All right. That's it. Thank you. Okay. So I feel like I have announcements. You know, If you live in the East Bay, I have a program starting in the fall in September where we meet one weekend a month, and we'll do, like we do in this class, yoga and then meditation and a Dharma talk. It'll be one weekend a month, and we'll learn different kinds of yogic breathing and then the mantras, different types of meditation, and it meets for 10 months. Um, And if you're interested, come and talk to me. And then I have a day long coming up here in September. I'm sorry, in August. At the end of August, I'll be doing a day long here in this room, I think. Um, So come and talk to me if you want info about those things. And I think that's all the announcements. So let's officially close. You'll take a deep breath. So may be safe and protected and may be as healthy as possible. And may, may you know the blessing of vitality. If there's any benefit from our practice, any goodness arising, let's offer that out into the world to anybody who normally comes who's missing, to friends and family. Blessings maybe even to yourself if you're in a hard, hard spot. May all beings everywhere know peace and the causes of peace. Thank you so much. I couldn't do it without you. I'll be back next week. And next week, I think we'll probably go back to the four foundations of mindfulness. We'll back to talking about mindfulness. Uh, More dukkha next week. No, Mindfulness. (laughs) Thank you.
0: So Do you know the Namaste
1: yoga script in Rockridge. Rockridge, which is part of Oakland. Oh, okay. Here, if you give me...